continue to be a Christian this year. I will continue to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to continue to be a follower of Him who loved me and who saved me, who rescued me, who forgave me, and who is just in love with me. Why wouldn't I want to continue to serve Him and to do everything I can to not, uh, uh, you know, cause Him any pain? But to love Him and to serve Him and to, and to follow Him and to read Scripture and to continue on. Because it is the only place where we can actually go. Peter said it. You know, Jesus, you have the only words of life. Where else can we go? Because Jesus had asked him, Are you guys want to leave too? Are you guys want to go too? Go something else because it doesn't pay? And Peter said, No, 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 no. I am going to follow you because you, there's nowhere else to go. Praise the Lord for that. So today I just want to talk a little bit and I hope it won't take too long. In Joshua chapter 24, it's a, it's a long text, so we're going to go reading along as we are talking about it. In a, uh, Joshua chapter 24, you see, Joshua was one of the biggest leaders uh, in Israel. He was a courageous man, he was a strong man, he had been well trained by Moses. He was one of the guys that had a very good heart, by the way. He had a good heart, that's why God saw you know, Moses, choose Joshua, because he's good. I like him. Because he has already had committed to, him, to, to, to the Lord. So he chose him. So the first thing we want to do today. Let me read it here. Verse 24. And then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. And he summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, and the officials of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. It's like you here today. You have presented yourself before the Lord today. That's a good thing. You, you, you earn a couple points just by showing up. Because it tells me something. For the people here, say when Joshua assembled, see, and it's interesting, if you transfer this to our own, um, to our, the New Testament, we could even say Joshua is the same name for Jesus. So Jesus assembled all the tribes. Jesus assembled his bride, his church, his people, his loved ones, the ones that committed to him. So he calls them out. Hey, guys, please come on all over here. Come on all, just come on over here. I want a little, a little conversation here. Guess what happened? The Bible, Bible says here, Israel, they, they tried to do it at Shechem. So he summoned the elders, the leaders, and the judges, and the officials of Israel. And they presented all the, you know, the, all the, the representatives of all the people of Israel. They came. They presented themselves before God. Now, two things that are very important here. First, is that it's the simple thing of being part and feel part of a very select group. Is important. So you and I, we are part of a, what we call, church. A group that belongs to God directly. Children of God. Not just regular creation of God. Different. Creation of God is something different. We are created by God, but we are already now in a different level. We are children. We are part of the inheritance of God, for those who do believe. And if you're not a believer yet, I have good news for you. You still can become a believer today. I'll talk to you about that a little later. 
But here's the thing. The first thing that's important, you have to feel this thing. See, as, jo as, as Joshua went out and he started to bring the people, he, as he called them, he, they knew, okay, that, that, that's, it meant me. It meant me. Joshua said, okay, I have to come because I am part of the tribes of Israel. He didn't talk about all the Jewish or all the other nations out there. No, no, the Jewish people were, were meant to come together. And, they, and the people, they knew, yeah, that's meant, it meant me. It's me. I have to come. And the Bible says, and they presented themselves before God. This is important. You have come to present yourself before God. So the first thing is the idea of recognizing I am part of the group that has been called, that is, is being called by God. The second thing is important here is the simple fact of, of uh, uh, the showing the willingness to show up means already something for God. Because you could say, well, yes, I have been called, but I decided not to come. I am part of the group, but I don't really want to be part of this calling right now. I prefer to stay home. I have other things in mind. So by showing up, it sends a, or it signals to Joshua a message. These people, they came and they presented themselves. It tells them, it tells Joshua, hey, these people want something. They actually want something. They want to hear something. They want to, they want to hear something from God here in this process. So they, they were, their willingness to listen uh, of what God had to say. So make it very short here. Be part, feel part, and show up. Point number one, very simple. Be part, feel part, and show up. And praise the Lord, you have shown up here today. See, now that you have shown up, now that you feel, yeah, I am part of this church, I am part of this group, I am part of the, the bride of Christ, and I have shown up, now it's about to examine the heart, see how willing you are to listen to what the Lord has to say now that you're here. Be part, feel part, and show up. Point number two here, commit to read and remember the Scripture. In 2020, you know, if you commit to show up, if you commit to be part, if you commit to feel part, you're invited to commit to listen, remember, and read the Scripture. Back at home, we have uh, made a decision. This year, we're going to read the Bible, the entire Bible, uh, in a year. So uh, there are tons of plans for you to do that. Even online, where you can read it three or four chapters a day, if you read every, three, every day, 365 days a year, you will end up reading the entire Bible in a year. By the end of the year, you will have, read, have done it all. And it's important for you to be engaged in the Scripture. But not just reading, but also remembering what already has been said. In fact, Jesus said, or Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. So he is leading them, hey, okay, guys, let's sit back a little bit here and let's remember what the Lord has said. 
You already came. You're already here. You're willing to listen. No, let's remember what the Lord has said. Long ago, our ancestors, your ancestors, and this is from verse, uh, right there, verse, verse 2, including Terah and the father of Abram and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took, now this is kind of saying what the Lord is saying. And here's what the Lord is trying to remind the people through Joshua here. And he's saying, But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him through Canaan and gave him many descendants. I took. It's God taking Abraham. And he wants them to remember, see, this is something I did. I took you guys out. And it says, I gave him Isaac. Who did? God did. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And I signed the hill country seer to Esau. But Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Now look what continues on saying here. It says, and I afflicted the Egyptians. God is trying to remind people what he has been doing for the people. I afflicted your enemies. Remember, you had enemies, but I afflicted them. I crushed them. I stepped on them. I destroyed them. I took them out so that you could walk. Do you remember these things? And I afflicted the Egyptians by what, did, uh, by what I did there. And I brought you out. And when I brought you out, your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea, and they were saved. Remember this? They were saved through what the Lord did. Are you remembering things that the Lord is doing for you or has been doing for you? And text goes on, verse 7. But they cried out to the Lord for help. Leads us to the next point here. Commit to pray. The people of Israel, they cried out. I mean, they just, please, we see, there's... Things are bad there. They're coming. Here in front of us, we have the big sea. We don't know what to do. What are going to happen? So please, please, Lord, help us. When was the last time that you and I were remembered that you have the possibility to cry out to the Lord when things go bad? So many times, we kind of just get upset and nervous and, oh my goodness, this this is the end. We don't even remember to cry out. So this year, I want you and I to make this commitment. We are going to pray to God. We are going to actually spend time on our knees praying to God. But the text goes on, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did in the Euphrates, sorry, to the Egyptians. And then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east in the Jordan. He's trying to remind them, these are the things that I did. And they fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. This is what the Lord continues on doing today. He is the one that fights for you. Do you rem- can you imagine the fights that the devil has to basically 
face because he's trying to push you down and step you down. And God, with his angels, smashes the devil back and forth and rescues you all the time and all the time and over and over again. He wants us to be reminded of the things that the Lord is doing. So they fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. And I destroyed them before you, and, I, and you took possession of their land. And when Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent to for Balaam, son of Beor, and put the curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. How many big things and small things actually the Lord has done for you to deliver you and to deliver me over and over again? Think about an almost crash, uh, you know, traffic accident that you, were, that you escaped from. Oh, this one was close. Oh, that one was close. Over and over and over again, the Lord is rescuing you, is rescuing me, is helping you, is delivering you, delivering me. But I would not listen, and I delivered him. Now then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. And the citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did <coughs> excuse me, also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Gergesites, Hivites, and Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. He's kind of reminding them, you didn't do it. I did. I was the one. So I gave you a land in which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. How much do we recognize the peacefulness in which we live today? Because when you look in the Middle East and look in other places in the world or in Africa and places where there is hunger and there is always a situation of desperation, we wake up in the morning... And it's peaceful. You were able to close your eyes through the entire night. Nobody broke into your house. There was peace. You woke up. Praise the Lord. I had a very good night of sleep. And I hope you had one. And there might be some situations where you, well, you know, I haven't been able to sleep well. Well, you can pray for him, pray to the Lord to help you with that too. But I want you to understand that there has been peace in your house because of the protection of the Lord. Am I reminded of that? Do I remember these things? These are small things. Now, we saw last, over the Christmas, uh, uh, was it, uh, I think Sammy put out there, you know, when you open up the, the tap, there's actually water coming out. These things are important. Not everybody has water in the house. Has to go for kilometers to pick it up. So many small things that the Lord does or does for us every day. It was one of the reasons why 
Joshua called the people together. I want to tell you and remind you of all the things the Lord has done. Remembering what the Lord has done that will humble us. That will melt our hearts, really, truly. And it will encourage us in our journey. It will help us to be reminded, oh, wow, you know, how thankful we should be. Now we go on verse uh, verse 8 to 18. Now that you know all these things, now that you have been reminded of all the things that I have done for you, Joshua tells the people, verse 14, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, the, 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 your ancestors worshipped, beyond the Euphrates River and the, in, in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, after everything that I just reminded you of the things the Lord has done, he says, then choose for, your, choose for yourselves this day, verse 15, whom you will serve. Whether the gods of the ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But, he says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We have actually in our house, we have a big sign of it on the wall. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Because I like to be reminded of all the things that he has done. And how could I not serve the Lord at all times? 24-7. How could I let go of it? But Joshua here to the people said, you know, now that I reminded all these things, but let me tell you one thing. Whatever you decide to do, and he kind of gives them a freedom. And the Lord is just like that. He gives us freedom of choosing. Do I want to do this? If you don't want to do this, fine. You're okay. You can do whatever you want to do. You will bear some consequences. But if you don't want to serve me after everything I did for you, I'll kind of wash my hands. Because he cannot force any decision in your heart. He just can't. He will allow you to make the choice. But guess what? On verse 18. Oh, sorry, 16. And then the people answered. Far be it from us to forsake the Lord and to serve other gods. Far be it from us. I mean, of course I will not. I will stop serving. I will, I will continue to serve. So they remembered saying, it was the Lord. You know, after Joshua told them all the things the Lord had done, all of a sudden the people here are answering too. It says in verse 15, Yeah, it was the Lord our God himself who brought us out, us and our parents out of Egypt. From that land of slavery. And performed those great signs before our eyes. And he protected us in our entire journey. And among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who will live in the land. Who lived in the land. And then they say, 
We too, verse 18, we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Here's where they came to that conclusion. They had heard of so many things the Lord had done. They had experienced it. Now they repeated it even. And then they said back to Joshua, of course, of course we want to serve too. Of course you're going to stay with you, God, because we have nowhere else to go. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Verse 19, and Joshua said to the people, well, guess what? Got bad news. You are not able to serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sin. And if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you. These are the bad news of the day. And make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. We will commit to the Lord in 2020. And they did it back in the day. I, kind of, I, I, I imagine they were a little, no, 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 Joshua, don't even talk about it. Of course we want to serve. Of course we will continue to serve the Lord. We don't have options. And Joshua's pushing it a little bit. Well, you guys, you know, you, you really on your own. You really can't. And by the way, you on your own, you also cannot serve truly the Lord. You need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You need the willingness of the heart, the humbleness of the heart, the remembrance of the things he has done. And when you do that, and when you come with a humble heart, remind, being reminded of all the things he did, and being thankful for any small, every small thing that he has done for you, the Lord looks upon you with favor. And he puts his hand and his arms around you, he hugs you, and he says, you are my child. I will protect you. Because I have seen it in your heart. I have seen your attitude of humbleness. I have seen that you recognize the things I have done. I, re I recognize it. And I will hug you. I will protect you. I will bless you. I will embrace you. I will prosper you. See, God is never in the business of harming us. Never. But he is always in the business of blessing us. Always. Small blessings, big blessings. And if we sometimes think there is something crooked that happened in, my, in our lives, well, an accident or a, an infirmity or a disaster of some type, or we lose somebody, that does not absolutely mean that the Lord is not loving you. That means only that he has a bigger or bigger, greater plan, a better plan to make your life better, not worse. Always. Have you do you realize that God is never at fault? Now we, I think we have sometimes a tendency to say God is at fault. You see God, all the things I did, all the things I've been giving, all the time I've been coming to church and all the things I've done. Now, now you let this happen to me, a good person? Well, we should re-examine. 
We should re-examine our true attitudes, our true feelings in the heart. But one thing is clear. God never, ever makes a single mistake. If something is wrong, it's not because of him. Never. Eventually because of us. Or because of the enemy who is attacking. And he's testing us and making us stronger and make our roots go deeper down, not just shallowing your own. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. And then Joshua said, well, verse 22, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. You are a witness against yourself. Have you promised to serve the Lord? Have you at one point in your life made a commitment to truly serve the Lord? Now, we can talk about all the, what it means to serve the Lord. One of the things that it means is that God is the number one, the highest, takes the highest place in your life. Is the most important thing for you to do, which is praying and serving and blessing and remembering and worshiping God. Number one, serving the Lord is considering God number one in your life. And one would say number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. Talk about all the numbers. God is always the most important. But the reality of the matter here is serving God has to do with God first in every single thing we do. In my work, in my driving, is God first in your driving? You know, sometimes a guy cuts you off. You have other things you would like to say. But you remember, no, I'm serving Almighty God. And whatever happens, Lord, you are in control of this this traffic, you are in control of the driver that sits on the other side. I will trust you. So you are witnesses against yourself, Joshua says to the people, that you have chosen to serve the Lord. And guess the people answered, yes, we are witnesses, they said. Yes, you can count on us, Joshua. We have decided to follow, we have decided to serve, we are going to do it because... We said we would, and we are witnesses against ourselves. 23, now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods. I mean, think about the foreign gods or the gods that are in our lives today. What is your God? Is someone more important in your life than Almighty God, your house, your family, your money, your things, your plans, your vacation, the Bible is clear that He doesn't want have any other 
things competing with God, with himself. He's a jealous God. When he is jealous, that means, and I don't think he is jealous in the sense that we understand the word jealous. Because, you know, if somebody has something better that you have, you would want to have it, so you are jealous of him because he is, he is improving better, he is moving forward in life, and you are still sit back, and people have more money than you have, and then you look, oh, you know, if I could have that much. and That's a different type of jealousy. It's, it's a wrong type of jealousy. That's, that's jealousy. But God is jealous because he has the intention to protect us. He has the intention to save us, to rescue us all the time. Because he, he fears that we might fall to somewhere else and then we can't be rescued. He is the ultimate rescuer that can actually protect you and save you all the way through. There's no better insurance than with God. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts. Yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. In verse 24, And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God and obey him. Will you? Will you commit? I want to commit. 2020, I will serve the Lord. And I am a witness against myself today. Because I have showed up. And I will commit to the church and I will commit to the word of God. I will commit to God himself. There is no other God in my life. I will commit. Make it a New Year's resolution. Still time. We are five days in. No problem. Still time. Yes, Lord, I want to commit this year. I want to serve you. I want to grow in my walk with you. I want to learn about you. I want to experience more things about you. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to pray. I want to be on my knees all the time. I want to read. I want to learn. And I want to love you. And I want to love my neighbors. I want to use kind words. Not harsh words. So many things you can commit because you have the Lord first in your life. And like the text says, you cannot do it on your own because, you know, we are this body. We are weak. We are in the flesh. We live in a fallen world. You know that. But you can count on help. You don't have to rush into this all by yourself. Oh, you're what I'm going to do if I fail. Well, I can uh, uh, already let you know. You will fail. But God looks at the heart. He looks at the intentions that you had as you got into the situation. He sees your humbleness. He sees your thankfulness. You, you're reminding yourself of the things that he has done over the years and even that very day and he will bless you and he will help you and he will forgive you and he will lift you up 
and you will have a wonderful year, even if it crashes around you, even if it, things fall apart, keep guard on your heart. Make, make sure your heart is in the right place. Stay humble. And the Lord, he will, do the, he will do his thing. And you will have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed 2020. Can I hear an amen? amen? Praise the Lord. As the group comes up here, let's pray. Yes, Lord Jesus, we want to thank you. That is the same way that you have committed to us. We are committing to you today. And we want to follow you. We want to serve you. And we want to be a blessing. And Lord Jesus, we want to grow in our walk with you. And at all times, Lord Jesus, keep our heart in check. Make sure that we remain humble. Make sure that we will always be reminded of the things you did and how you rescued us and how you took us out of slavery and how you blessed us and how you protected us as we come and as we go. We ask you, Lord Jesus, make us strong and make us walk in humbleness before you in 2020 because we want to commit and we have committed and we are witnesses against ourselves we are committing to you this year. And we want to thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise the Lord.